0: This is Brian Kaplovitz, and you're listening to the Speaker Match Radio Series, Success Strategies for Speakers from the Pros. This is a live show where we interview top experts in the speaking industry and business to provide emerging speakers with marketing strategies and other business-building advice. If you're listening live, you can participate in this call online right now by going to speakermatch.com radio.
1: Good afternoon everybody. This is Brian Kaplovitz, your host, and our guest today is Kenyon Salo. Kenyon is a speaker match member, professional trainer, and a speaker obviously. You might like to say that Kenyon's MO is making big jumps both in his speaking career and as an adventurer because he has over 5,000 skydives and over 450 base jumps. <laughs> wow. And for this and other reasons we're going to talk about uh, throughout the call, he is dubbed as the James Bond of speaking and keynoting. And just like 007, he shares some actionable items that allows his audience to walk away feeling powerful and ready to take on the world. Kenyon has a really fascinating story about going from low-fee to high-fee speaking engagements. And I can't wait to dig into the details and... uh, Let Kenyon share some of his experiences with you. And as always, we encourage you to participate live in this call. Most of you have connected through the web interface, and there is a raise your hand button uh, if you ever want to join in live. And you can also submit questions through the online form that you have. If you dialed in, you can dial star six on your, I'm sorry, star two on your telephone keypad to raise your virtual hand uh, if you have any questions. Welcome, Kenyon. It's great to have you with us.
2: It's super wonderful to be here. Thank you for having me on board, Brian.
1: So I was uh, talking to you a little bit before the call and told you that uh, we've got a very large audience today, and it seems like uh, your topic, a roadmap to five-figure speaking gigs, is something that's really resonating with our audience. So why do you think
0: that is? (laughs)
2: Well, I think we all want to get paid more, and I think really what it comes down to, Brian, is that people really feel that the value that they have, the message that they have, what they want to bring to their audiences has a higher value. And a lot of times in this industry, we see people that are trying to take our price down, and, of course, we want to bring our price up. And at the end of the day, we feel like we've brought our entire life together to really deliver that message from the stage and that we should be paid the value that we're worth. And I think that's the biggest thing today where we're able to show the listeners that are listening now and people that come on for the recording is that they'll understand the roadmap of how I was able to make a jump from $500 for my first speaking engagement to five figures on a regular basis and able to command that because I knew that the message was worth it. But there were a lot of blanks to fill in. Just because we think we can get paid that or we know that we should be paid that, there are a lot of steps along the way to being able to deliver the value of five-figure speaking engagements.
1: Uh, How long have you been in the speaking business?
2: So the speaking business itself, where I've really decided to go full force into it, has only been over the past three years. So before then, I was training up to a decade prior, and I was doing some stuff here and there, and I was working with some mentors along those ways. But the thing that I was missing was the platform itself, because a lot of people say, hey, I want to do speaking. And they said, well, what is it going to be? Oh, it's going to be inspiration or motivational or leadership. And you say, well, how are you going to deliver that? And at the end of the day, they don't know. You see, I believe that there is nothing new under the sun. There's no new personal development. There's no new leadership or sales or customer service, branding, whatever. There's no nothing new under the sun. What it ultimately comes down to, the thing that separates us between the 50,000-plus speakers out there is the very simple fact is the delivery. And that's the number one thing. And then the second side of that, the flip side of that, is the business side. So it's the delivery from stage and what happens on stage, and then there's also what happens off stage. And I think there are things that are missed in both of those areas. And so when I finally found out what my message was, what the platform was, which is the bucket list life, and that whole way of delivering leadership, customer service, sales, inspiration, motivation. These are all things that my message can tackle from the stage. Once I knew that framework and once I knew that platform, that's when I jumped into the speaking business and I was able to go from 500 to five figures in less than one year.
1: And how long ago was that that you got started with everything?
2: So I started in 2016, so it was right around the summer or actually the spring of 2016 and that was my first round going from there and then it just continued and then now I've been putting a lot of effort and now speaking is my passion as I've worked with my team and we've developed the brand and developed the message and fine tuned everything. It's all about making sure that we can deliver that. So. Full power. And so that, that's ahead.
1: amazing. That that's living the dream that so many people have. Uh, you know, our audience is the emerging speaker market. There are so many people that are getting started in this market uh, with that dream of being a uh, a five figure speaker, and uh, they have the uh, I guess maybe the assumption. Uh that it's probably going to take a very long time to get there, but you're telling us not necessarily.
2: Yes, not necessarily. Now look, there is the overnight success in ten years. So it wasn't like I had completely started from scratch. I had made the decision that I was going to be a speaker and that I was going to get paid for it, and I started off and I got my first gig for five hundred dollars. Now once the agent took their twenty five percent, I got a check for three hundred and seventy five dollars. But we are and we have the ability to take all our skill sets from our entire life and put those into motion. And so that we have that overnight success or that feeling of, look, I did my first speaking engagement. I got a couple hundred dollars or I did it for free. And then all of a sudden I got a thousand dollars and then it was five thousand and it, and it grows from there. And so that's what it really comes down to. And I believe there's a lot of trainers out there or coaches out there that say, You know, you can be a five-figure speaker as long as you believe you're a five-figure speaker. And then they talk about the mindset. And while that is a skill set or something that we need to understand, I believe that understanding the business side is very, very important. And understanding the craft of being a speaker is absolutely equally as important. And those are the two main things that separate me from a lot of speakers or separate speakers that have the five-figure engagements because they understand those two plays.
1: I, I want to understand this a, a little bit more about how you kind of came into it. Well, you found you had the idea that you wanted to become a speaker. What kind of uh, planning and preparation did you put into Uh, Getting to the point where you can be that five-figure speaker, did you have a marketing plan in place? Was this your goal at the very beginning, and did you have a timeline set up for when you wanted to get to certain steps? Tell us a little bit about how that process worked.
2: Sure, it's easy. Look, when you go on any speaker site like Speaker Match and you see what people's fees are, and it gets really exciting. You know, it's ooh, five thousand to seventy five hundred, seventy five hundred to fifteen thousand. You're like, wow, for one speaking engagement, that would be totally amazing. And so we see that, and it causes us to start thinking big picture, which is great. That's what we need to do, and that's what I saw. I saw that one day I would be a speaker that commanded at least $10,000 in engagement. That was the first step. Yet, at the same time, I knew that I needed to start off somewhere. So it was accepting any speaking engagement that came my way, especially when it's a local engagement. When someone says, here's $500, here's $750, go down, you're gonna speak to this school group, you are gonna make $750 for an hour, but maybe it took half a day for driving and setup up and breakdown and the engagement itself. Yet still making $500 to $1,000 for a half day's work is amazing. So I always remind myself that that ability to make even that amount of money is amazing. I celebrate it. I celebrate the fact that somebody gave me a check to speak from stage, do what I love, and have that passion, and be able to make a $1,000. At that time, I didn't beat myself up like, oh, I'm only making $500. I celebrated and I think that's key for a lot of speakers to understand is you made $500 that's amazing because a lot of people don't make any money in this industry or they do things for free and, and they don't have that possibility to make a living out of it and that's the place to start especially sure, it when happens all speaker. the time yeah yeah and then the next step is realizing that you need a path and the path is what I like to think of is do you want to be the apple of speaking Or do you want to be a lower name brand that not many people know of in that scenario? So what I really think of that. so if you've ever had an Apple experience, if you've ever unboxed anything, you know that they've thought about every single detail. And from a customer experience standpoint or any business that you've dealt with that has a phenomenal customer experience, like Disney World, that is a phenomenal customer experience that's what I want my clients to have. I want them to have that top-tier experience. And so when I realized that in the very beginning, then I had to start breaking it down. What was the marketing going to be like? The communication, what was going to happen in terms of the day of the event, what happened from stage, and then things like new things that they may have not had a lot of experience with from their speakers. And and what are things that speakers aren't doing that I could do that would surprise them. And that was very important to me to think through those things. And then things like gratitude and being excited, as I mentioned before, and referrals, that was the key thing. Because I think a lot of speakers think about just their message from the stage. Where will I walk? How will I talk? How long will I have? What will I say when this slide comes up? When will I move to the next slide? They're so concerned about their 60 minutes on stage that they forget About the other 80% that happens from the minute that a client says we're interested in you till the second you're done and you've stepped off stage and you've gone home. That part is super, super important too.
1: So did you have a plan set in place for uh, how long you wanted to take for different levels? Did you have levels that you went through or um, how, how did that work?
2: So the simple plan was first getting to that $1,000 mark. So I wanted that to happen within 60 days. And to be able to do that, I had to have a couple of speaking engagements under my belt and then break them down and say, how can I do that better? So videotaping myself and understanding and working with the client and getting feedback. But making that initial jump to $1,000 and there are a lot we, – we see it all the time through speaker match. There are a lot of engagements that pay between $1,000 and $2,500. That's the best place to practice. A lot of people say, well, I'll do that when I'm ready. I say do it now because you are ready. And the thing is you're only going to get better. And the, the industry itself commands – engagements. Like I have my eyes set on the $25,000 mark, the $50,000 mark. Now I know that's going to take a couple of years, but I don't believe it's going to take longer than a couple of years. So that gives you an idea of the big picture of getting paid 25 K within the next two years. Now back that up to the $2,500. That is something most speakers can do if they've really built the value. You see, People and clients don't buy us, sorry, people and clients don't buy our service, they buy us. They need to know how good you are. And what I mean by that is it's about the relationship. It's about the perceived value of your marketing and the perceived value of how you deliver from the very first contact that they have with you. There is, time and time again, clients want to know that they purchased or that they've signed or enrolled you and that they know that you're the right person. They don't want to have buyer's remorse, not the day after they sign the contract and certainly not after you step off stage. So you want to deliver for the client, both the event planner and the audience. Now the event planners what they put their selves on the line and they want to know like, wow, I brought in the right speaker. I did amazing. That's great. And then of course the audience wants to know, wow, I saw an amazing speaker. That's exactly what I needed at this conference, and that's important too. So for the timeline, it's very, very simple. Make the jump, if you're not already, make the jump from the 1000 to the $2,500 mark and in that bracket as quickly as possible in the next 60 days. And that could be as simple as saying, I am worth that much, and then making sure that the value behind it. Again, people are paying $1,000 for an iPhone X. That is unbelievable. We, you know, there there was never a time where we thought I'm going to pay a thousand dollars for a phone. But the reason that people spend a thousand dollars on a phone is because they believe the value, or they know the value exists, and it's worth it.
1: I want to invite anyone listening right now to jump in with any questions you might have. Uh, just click your raise your hand button, or dial star two to raise your virtual hand if you have any questions or comments about uh, what you've heard so far. This looks like Mike has a question. Go
0: ahead, Mike. Hi. uh, Did you mainly go for uh, associations and that kind of thing, or did you approach uh, corporations generally when you were looking to make that move upward?
2: Mike, that's a great question, and there are certain levels in, wor- in which people can pay, and we know that the caps. Like, we know that school groups, most of the time, have very small and limited budgets—one thousand, two thousand. If you're speaking to students, if you're speaking to administration of education, you're starting to get into the three and four thousand dollar range. Now, if you're able to get referral after referral, then you can slowly bump up. You can say, "Look, I did the first one for three, thirty-five hundred." And now I would like 4500 and then maybe eventually $6,000 if it's a, a third, four, or five-generation referral. When it comes to the big plays, the five-figure plays, you've got two scenarios. One are the corporations. And I'm not talking about corporations like Coca-Cola or Apple or big companies like that. It, 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 you take insurance agents like that or realtors or uh, housing associations. They have these conferences all the time. And you see, they have the budgets. They have the budgets for the five, the 7,500 and the potentially uh, $10,000 scenarios. And a lot of times what I find with those is that they're getting half their budget from their association or from their conference budget. And the other half comes from a sponsorship. So they're finding a sponsorship out there. At, that's willing to sponsor this keynote speaker and then they're able to match that and then bring it in and that's where you get five thousand from the association five thousand from the sponsor and they're able to bring you in for ten thousand dollars and so the big numbers like the coca-colas and those guys those are the ones that are going to pay the 15 20 25,000, and that's a whole nother level or when you're speaking you have to look at it is am i speaking locally Am I speaking for a state level or am I at a national level? And the national level, again, is that whole other scenario. And I'll give you an example is where I was able to speak for a very small group of administrators. And in that scenario, they said, look, the best we can do is $3,000. And I was like, oh, well, this is great. It's a resort town. I'm going to go there. I'm going to have a great time and stay overnight in a resort town and do the speaking. But one of the things that a lot of times I always ask is, I want to know what the potential door is that they can open for me. And so I always say to them, first and foremost, I want to help you. I want to know how can I help you have a successful event? When we think about others first, everything we desire will come back tenfold. So I want to help the event have success. I also say is, are there other potential engagements? After I deliver exactly what you're looking for, everything you've asked me for, Is there another door that could be open? And they said, well, actually, we have this other event coming up. So, this one event that was small at $3,000, which is amazing for a lot of people, but again, that's a third of the normal five figure price. And they said, look, there's going to be somebody there, and we have a state event, and they may be interested in hiring you for that. You do an amazing job at the event. I got the referral. He saw it. He was excited. He says, I want to bring you in for the state event. You know, now we're starting to look at two thirds the price. So you're just like, wow, okay, state event, $7,500. This is excellent. And then I wanted to know like, look, if this is a state event, there's probably a national event. I said, is there a national event? He said, yes, there's a national event. There's about 18,000 people that go to it, and it's every year. I said, great. I deliver at your state event with 3,000 people there, and everything you're looking for and you desire can you open the door for the national event for me? Absolutely. So I'm priming them for the referral. I'm priming them to really look for, did I deliver? And of course, I believe I will deliver. So I want them to say to themselves, wow, he absolutely delivered. And then we continue that step stone to the national event, we go from there. So I hope that answers your question, Mike.
1: <laughs> I think you did. Um so thank you yes uh so the uh the idea is that uh really you you want to just you want to start at an event that is uh that is smaller i guess and then try and work your way up
2: well certainly and then once you're commanding that once you're commanding that you will find that all agencies across the board whether it's 50 people or 500 people and I would say that that's the sweet spot. If you want over five thousand dollars in engagement, that that scenario of that four to six hundred range, I love that audience. It's it's an audience that you can still be very intimate with, and you can really connect with. So it's not too large, and at the same time, you can still command at least five grand for those audiences. And if you break it down per person, you think about it, it's it's a very very small fee for them per person. Say at five thousand dollars and five hundred people. And then, it, and that's, that's, that's simple. It's $10 a person extra that, that, that they need to do to bring in a speaker. Even 10 grand is $20 a person when they look at that number for them to listen to a speaker, especially if you're talking about sales or you're talking about a way, uh, leadership, something that's going to, all businesses want their businesses to improve. And one of the reasons they're bringing you in is to help pr- improve the bottom line. So, once you're commanding five, dollars 7500 $10,000, and your presence is solid online, people will find you. They'll find you through speaker match. They'll find you through just Googling you, and then they'll see your website, and then they'll go from there. So that's something that I'd really like to talk about, Brian, which is what separates yourself from others. Because when they land and they see your marketing, I think that's super important. Is it? Can we go into that? Uh, before we go into that, it looks
1: like we have another caller with a question, so I want to see if we can clear that up real quick. Go ahead, caller.
2: Excellent. Um,
0: <clears throat> excuse me. Do you have a uh, a certain topic that you just speak on, or do you develop new talks every time you get a new engagement?
3: Ah, I love
2: that. I love that. So a lot of people have one particular thing. So, They they have a message and they deliver that from stage. I knew for me to have longevity and consistency in this industry, I needed to be able to be flexible. So first and foremost, the main topic itself is a motivational inspirational topic. And that topic handles a lot of times where, especially for keynotes, is they wanna either open the event with strength and energy and excitement before they move into a lot of the stuff that a lot of people find at events they are like, wow, it can be tedious, or there's a lot of data. And and for them, they say, let's open it strong. Let's get the people uh, in the seats and start the conference off great. The flip side is that a lot of events, they want to close with a strong uh, keynote speaker that can tie everything together. So they take the topics of what's happened over one, two, or three days of their conference, and the keynote speaker closes with that strength. So first and foremost, I said, look, one of the biggest broad spectrums is motivation and inspiration. I can come in with that. I can absolutely do that. And then I decided within the topic itself, how can I skew it towards some of the top desires that companies are looking for? Leadership, sales, customer service teamwork. Those are some of the biggest ones right there. And I realized that when I looked at my keynote and I broke it down, I could use language that, again, still has a play on the motivation inspiration, but that I could also make it sales-oriented, customer service-oriented, leadership, team building. I could do those things for those particular events. And if you go to my site, kenyansalo.com, you will see specific videos that say, this video is about sales, this video is about team building, and this video is about leadership. And so what happens is people come to the site and they say, okay, what is it that I want? Because if they can do that almost one-stop shopping with me, then I'm more likely to close that deal for the client because they, they're like, yes, we want motivation and inspiration, but again, this whole conference has been about sales. So if you could tie in some sales, it would be a home run, and that's the key. Now, there's times that I I, I don't apply for an event or I just don't fit event. If they're looking for a whim, a woman who needs to talk about a government uh, transition, well, that's not me. And I understand that I can't be all things to all clients.
0: Hmm. Very good. Very helpful. Thank you. You're welcome.
1: So, uh, actually, can you – you hit on something that uh, I think is an important uh, important note for people to understand, and that is that motivation and inspiration is not a topic but it is by far the number one most requested topic that meeting planners ask for so Sometimes it can be really difficult to get a meeting planner to tell us what they're looking for in uh, a speaker. They'll say, we want somebody who's motivational and inspirational and uh, somebody that's a good fit for our audience, somebody that would be interesting for this group. But motivational, inspirational is always, you know, part of what they say. So they're looking for somebody that is entertaining and energetic and who's not going to read from PowerPoint slides or hold on to the lectern at the front of the room while they're reading a prepared speech. You want somebody that maybe moves around a little bit and, uh, like I said, entertains. So it's very important that you, that people understand that. And you seem to have just discovered that on your own. So that's great.
2: Yes. And and this is the key thing here. This is where it comes down to that. A lot of speakers have not fully understand, uh, understood the craft of speaking. So, In my adventure world, I know of a lot of people that where they've summited Mount Everest, and that's an amazing feat. And then they say, now I'm going on a speaking tour. Well, you know, just because they summited Mount Everest doesn't make them a great speaker. They could be a great speaker, but it doesn't make them a great speaker because they don't understand the craft of the industry. Additionally, there's a lot of speakers who have been in the industry for decades, 10 years, 20 years, and I say those speakers – I've done an amazing job, but they haven't evolved with the craft of the industry and how it needs to be delivered from stage, and also the marketing side. Just because they were on Good Morning America in 1993 doesn't mean that that clip needs to be in their demo reel anymore. That's great that you were. We celebrated at the same time. You need to evolve with new clips, new media, new marketing, new social media, and those types of things. So when we talk about the craft from the stage, and this is something that I highly studied because I knew it was important that what happens, and you mentioned that, that entertaining. They're looking for something that's entertaining or you're the way you deliver. I personally want to take a sledgehammer to every single podium that I see on stage. When I walk in the room, it seems like they just put that there because, oh, we have a speaker on stage, we should have a podium. I want to take a sledgehammer to it. I don't. I say, hey, could we remove the podium? That would be wonderful. And they look at me crazy, but I said, look, I'm not going to need a podium at all for this presentation. Second is the craft itself about how you're delivering and making sure that if you've got 50 slides, I challenge you to get down to 10. Get down to 10. People, it's death by PowerPoint. People don't want that many slides. Second, move to video in your presentation. Short video clips, one minute, two minutes. That gives people a break in the audience to take a breath. Additionally, it allows them to be able to consume media the way they're consuming media on their phones or on their computers uh, and things like that in short bursts. Third, here's an example. I know that when you can get an audience to laugh, they like you more. At the same time, I said, well, how can I do it? So I took the time in that very first year. I said, I need to study comedy. So I bought, books. I watched comedy. I watched uh, comedians on stage on Netflix. Additionally, I signed up for amateur night at Denver Comedy Works and went five times as an amateur, which is the scariest thing I've ever done, more than jumping out of planes or jumping off a cliff. And I would do a two-minute set and a three-minute set. And that caused me to really understand how to deliver comedy correctly to the audience. And that's part of the craft, too. Along with Things like the power of the pause, how to pause at certain moments, or how to get the audience in an emotional state and allow them, if they want to have a tear, when you can get people to laugh and you can get people to cry and you can get people to have an aha moment during the presentation and you can get people to connect with other people in the audience, every single time you're a memorable speaker, every single time.
1: I interrupted you before when you were going to talk a little bit more about uh, your marketing process, I think.
2: Yeah, so the key with the marketing is we have to have a presence online that is supportive of the price we're asking. If you want to command 5000 your online presence has to have that. If you want to command 10000 your online presence absolutely must command that. And that includes your profile on Speaker Match. That includes your website that you have. Because what's going to happen is they're going to find you. And they might find you on Speaker Match. Or they might find you elsewhere. Then they're going to look for you. They're going to Google you. They're going to find out where you're at. And I, I, I love when people Google me. Kenyan Salo, yes, go find me. And very fortunate with my name, it certainly makes it easier. So when they type in Kenyon Salo, the first page of Google, they're going to see videos. They're going to see my social media accounts. They're going to see my website. Now, when they go to my website the very first time, because, look, you will you will scale your website as you become more successful. And my website, we just did another overhaul, which just launched this week. And the very first site, when the web person said, what is it that you want? I said, I understand that most people that come to my site will be on it for 60 seconds, 90 seconds. And they said, so what does that mean? I said, it needs to have less content. I'm not going to worry about the content. But it needs to appear that I am in alignment with the price that they've seen. So that's the key. If you command $10, well, you might have a $10 site that's in alignment with that. If you command 2000 your site must equal that scenario. And a lot of people are concerned about spending money on their site. I say, look, if I spend $5,000 on my site, I need one engagement to get 5000 I'm that's what I command. And that's the way I looked at it. And then I went from there and I kept upgrading and upgrading and we added the content of how people wanted to know about marketing. And as I mentioned, you know, marketing is kind of like online dating. You want to present yourself in the best form and fashion because you want people to say, I'm intrigued. I want to know more. I want to be able to get on a phone call with this person or maybe meet this person or have a Skype call with this person. Now, some people say, I don't know about online dating because I'm married. I've been married for 20 years. I don't even know what that means. Well, I also say to those people, that's a good reason to take a look at your marketing because are you marketing like you did in early 2000 or are you marketing the way most people are understanding marketing now in 2018? And so I think that's very, very important there. So for your
1: marketing, you do obviously a lot online, electronically. What about your offline marketing?
2: So offline marketing is something that we're actually tackling in the first 90 days of this year. So when I was working with my team and we were talking about what we wanted to do, first and foremost, both in online and offline marketing, video is so important. And we can dig into video in a minute about why that's important, so we'll come back to that. Second, the other important part is a lot of what we're waiting for is the phone to ring. You say, well, look, I put up my speaker match site. I put up my website. People should be calling me. I should be getting emails. Now, that does happen, and it is mostly those two things, first, inbound, and second, getting a referral from a previous engagement is how it works. Now, the outbound marketing is the more challenging side of things. Because who, how do you know who wants speakers? And that is something we're building towards right now. So when you say offline marketing, well, you need to be able to understand who has that. And yeah, there's, you know, the International Association of Speaker Bureaus, the IASB.org. And there's 75 speaker bureaus and agencies on there. That's, that's one thing. And, and they might need to know about you. Um, there's other ways of being able to connect. Again, this is the outbound. Where you always ask every engagement, who else do you know that might want to experience the keynote that you just experienced? And then you have to go outbound at that point. Um, At the same time, when you go outbound, one of the things you're probably going to do is send them to your site or send them to your speaker match page. Well, in that case, better be really tidy and look professional and equal to what you're commanding in price.
1: And what about marketing to existing clients and potential customers who are on your list, who have already asked for information, or who you've worked for before?
3: Yes,
2: I love this one. So one of the things, as I mentioned early on, was I thought about ways to do things that are different that speakers aren't doing. So I brought someone on my team, and I said, I want you to come to every single speaker engagement that I have, and you're going to shoot video. And he's an amazing videographer, and he's an amazing editor, and a phenomenal storyteller. I think everybody should hire a millennial, right? Hire a millennial, have them on your side. They know what to do. So Kyler came to every speaking engagement I had. And after the first one, I said, wait a minute here. When people come and do a skydive with me back in the day, or they jump out of a plane, a lot of times they purchase a video package. And then that way they get this video that they can show their friends their family. They can relive the experience. They can post on social media. They can say, this is what I did, because that's what we do now. That's how we consume content. We do something, we experience it, and then we post it on social media. I said, Tyler, after this event, I want you to make a two-minute recap video of this event. And so we started doing things where he would film the whole event, and he's cruising around the audience. It's not a static shot he's getting audience reactions, he's getting me from stage. And then we also realized that testimonials were so important, but it's impossible to get a testimonial after an event. You email them and you say, hey, can you do a testimonial for me? And they might email you back or they never do, or they don't know what to say. So we realized, let's make it easy for the client. So right away, if someone came up to me afterwards and they started talking to me, I would say, that's amazing. And I say, can you say what you just told me on testimonial? And they say, yes. And they go over to Kyler and Kyler films the testimonial. He gets their name, he gets their title and he gets their email address, which is super key with those things. So what happens later on is he's able to use the testimonials inside the recap video. Second, we take those video testimonials, we send them off to a, a transcription on Fiverr. It's you know like five bucks and we get those back. Now we have written form of the testimonials, which I post to speaker match, and you can see that on all my testimonials. Now I didn't have to email them anymore because they already gave me the testimonial, and we have the written form and video form now, too. Kyler makes the recap video, and here's the ace in the hole. This is what this is how my business has grown so fast. I send that video back to the client, and I say thank you. I want to thank you for having me at your event. I had an amazing time. It was phenomenal to see the audience have uh, just such success. And here's a a two-and-a-half-minute recap video that you can send out to all your people to remind them of some of the main points in the experience they just had. And that's for the audience. But also understand it's for anybody in the audience that said, that speaker was good. I would like to bring him to an event that we have. And they use that video, they send it to their higher-ups, or they make phone calls, and they see this is the guy. And now it's a marketing piece. And that marketing piece is working in the background, even when I'm not working on it, and then I get a phone call. I get an email through the website, and people say, hey, we saw your video, we would like to bring you on board. And they got a referral because somebody said, hey, I just saw this guy, he's worth it. That's a great idea,
1: and I like that, uh, that you can automate it to some extent, and it's out there, and uh, it's, it's permanent. Um, so that is a, a great example of the online uh, marketing for existing customers or, uh, you know, current clients. Um, what about um, offline marketing for current clients? You know, what kinds of things do you send them in the mail? And uh, and prospects, people that have asked you for more information.
2: Yes, yes. So this is this is super super key. First, I believe mailers are dead. Spending money on mailers is is dead. It's it's an old technique from the 90s, and nowadays people want to consume media, and video is the best thing when you want to do things offline, and you want to reach back out. So here's an example. Uh earlier, Mike asked uh, if, if, if I change the keynote from time to time. Well, we're working on a new plan to have one more particular keynote to branch out, and that will happen in six months. And really what we realized was as soon as that happens and the new keynote is designed and having two, not replacing, but having two, we will reach back out to existing customers. We'll let them know and we'll send them something professional. And what I realized is, like, I can send people to my site, KenyonSalo.com, and then we decided that we wanted one more thing that would really give event planners a potential idea. So if there's a warm lead, someone says, hey, we're interested, like I got a LinkedIn uh, email yesterday that said we're interested in having you as one of our potential speakers in our roster of speakers for our company, I'm going to send them one link. Now, it's not kenyonsalo.com because at that point they can cruise around. There's another link that I have which has to do with hiring me, and it's on the website under Hire Me. And that link is a one page which has, when they land on it, they get the main video I want them to watch. And then they have, you know, how much does it cost? You know, what's his fee structure? What is the keynote? and all the breakdowns there, and why is it successful, and most commonly asked questions. But we put this all on one page so they can scroll through one page and get all the information that they want without having to click on separate tabs. Some of it is redundant from other parts of the website, and some of it is unique to that particular warm lead, which is offline in that scenario. But, again, we're still using online because I need to send them there, and then it goes to a point at which we get on a phone call. And from a phone call is where you close the sale.
1: Um, on the uh, on the day of the event, when you are in front of your clients, um, is there anything that you do that can en- enhance your success at the event? Uh, Anything that you can do to encourage a meeting planner to use you for more than just what they brought you in for, for that one speech, or to bring you in another time for another event?
2: Yes. And it's a very, very simple thought process. And if you follow this process, then everything will make sense if you remind yourself. And that thought process is this. You are there for the client. The client is not there for you. Your job is to serve the client and their audience in every single way possible. And so I always make it seem as if I am there 100% in every possible way, meaning if it's an event that's national, I get there the night before. I make sure I say, hey, can I go to your reception dinner? you have a reception dinner? I would love to go. I don't, you know, it's not an extra fee. I just, I want to be a part of it. I want to intermingle with the audience and the guests and the leadership that they have. I want to be there early enough so that they never ever have to worry about like, wow, where's this speaker? Are they stuck in traffic? You have to show up at minimum two hours prior to your event, do a sound check, make sure all that stuff, a video check, make sure it's all working and have that dialed in. Third, once you've done that, you're there and you've done the sound check and you're standing around You say, is there anything I can do for you? Now, this is a tricky one because a lot of times they're going to say, no, no, it's amazing. We're all set. So sometimes I've seen they have staff and they're setting tables or they're setting the chairs up or they're trying to get certain things done. I jump right in. I just start helping. I'm like, oh, I could pass out a card to every chair. Hey, great. I got it. And they start seeing this like, wow, this speaker goes above and beyond. Again, you aren't on stage yet but it's 360 degrees of transparency that what you say and who you are from stage is who you are off stage. And so when you help in that way, they, they, never, they don't look at you as some speaker that's like, ooh, yeah, he's a speaker and he can only be here for you know, his hour and then immediately has to get on a flight. Now look, I understand for certain travel scenarios, you may have to make a quick exit. I do my very best that once I step off stage, I am available should they need it. And I am available until the natural break happens, which is, oh, everybody went to lunch or it's the last keynote of the day and people are going home. Okay, great. I'll hang out another half hour until the room clears out. I stand around so that every potential guest that wants to come up and talk with me can talk with me. And sometimes the last person that I'm speaking with is the event planner or the meeting planner, and then everybody's left, and then we say thank you and goodbye. And here's a little bonus that we just thought of that, that we're adding in. So a lot of uh, event planners, I always ask them on the phone, hey, what's on your bucket list? And they, like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to travel. I want to have this experience. So what we realized is we wanted to give them a gift. And a lot of times as speakers, we get gifts. They give us a little goodie bag and it's great. It's amazing. But do we ever give gifts back? Do we have gratitude for what they've done for us? So what we decided to do was that I, A, listening to what they said, like, Hey, I've always wanted to go to Disneyland with the kids. And we decided, Hey, let's specifically spend about $100 on a gift that we could give them. That's in relation to maybe that idea of Disneyland. It could be something from Amazon. It could be just a, here's a Southwest Airlines gift card for $100 that helps you get your family to there. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's the gesture that counts. And when we return that favor to them, and you do something other speakers don't do, the ones that they've dealt with over years or decades, they're going to remember you, and they're going to hire you again, or they're going to tell someone else, this speaker is amazing. So, again, a lot of things that aren't on stage. It's what happens off stage.
1: We have a lot of questions from our listeners about – Contracts and payments, so let's talk a little bit about that, and uh, maybe start with um, let me try to organize this here let's uh start with the uh, negotiation over the amount is there do you have any tips for negotiating an amount um, and anything else that goes along with that let's let's start with that and then we'll move on
2: yeah. So when it comes to negotiations, obviously you have your listed price and everybody likes to get a deal. So my listed price is twelve thousand five hundred dollars. Is it pretty common that people say our budget caps out at ten? I say, look, I can do ten and I'll need you to pay for travel and I'm happy to fly southwest. I don't need first class and I'm happy to you know, they always have a hotel room within their block of rooms. And that's fairly simple for them. And that's all I say. I said, look, pay for hotel and pay for my airfare and my parking at, the, at my local hotel, and it works out great. Um, so will I come down off my price? Absolutely. Uh, from twelve five to ten. again, who wouldn't want $10,000 for a day's worth of work, even if you have to travel on both sides of that? Now, there are scenarios where people say, look, our budget is 3000 You have to really consider what are the stepping stones. Would you do 3000 if there's the potential that there's going to be somebody there that could get you into a national event? At, at ten thousand next time, great. That's two events for thirteen grand. So you have to consider. Or are is there are they putting you on a stage that the video footage is gold? So for example, they're like, hey, this is a school thing. We can only pay you seven thousand instead of ten, um, but this is a massive stage with two thousand people, and the lighting's going to be good, and the backdrop's going to be amazing. And you say, wow, if I can be on that stage in front of that amount of people and I can get the proper video, it's worth it to me. Again, you have to decide what additional value comes out of it above and beyond the monetary side of things. So when it comes to negotiations, ultimately that decision is yours. It's the classic example though, where some people would rather be working than not working or bird in the hand or two in the bush. You have to, that's a personal decision, you have to make it personally, I choose not to be on the road 150 days a year. I choose quality over quantity, and I will speak anywhere from two to six times a month, and that is enough for me, and I'm able to see my family, and it certainly is a very, very nice paycheck, and I'm able to be able to live on that and not have to be consistently on the road. So when it comes to negotiations, it's really up to you, um, and it's classic negotiations. You say twelve five, they say seventy five hundred. You say, can we meet at a flat rate fee in the middle at ten? They go, okay, great. It, the ultimate price is the one that you're happy with and the client's happy with, and then that's the price that, that is best.
1: Okay, you mentioned expenses. Do you ever do all in, an all inclusive pricing?
2: Sure. I mean, you can give them the all inclusive. Like for example, I like the number fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred, a lot of times I can fly even to the remote destinations for less than seven hundred dollars and a hotel room for less than three hundred dollars for two nights. So I actually come out ahead with five hundred dollars. I give that that's up to them. I said, look, you can either pay for it, which will save you money, but if you don't want to handle any of it, then I'll do fifteen hundred flat. And when it comes to pricing, I do two things. First, they have to pay me half up front. So when the contract is signed and I use DocuSign, so it's professional, they have to pay half up front. Second, and there's a a fee breakdown, which is within 90 days, uh, a return fee. If it's within 90 days, they get half back. If it's within 30 days, they get nothing back. So there's a certain percentage fee. I have a breakdown if they cancel on me prior to the event. And then the other half happens as soon as I step off stage. So they have to be able to pay after I deliver. And those are the two important things when it comes to payment. Um, And then if there's any additional expenses, I usually just bill them when I get back home. And I say, look, here's my flight. I send them an invoice, and they pay for a flight or whatever, and and that check comes in the mail.
1: Okay, so two more things related to that. Uh, First thing is uh, for that final payment, uh, have you ever had any – situations where people didn't pay you right after the event?
2: Um, I had one that said I left a check on the counter, and I'm totally okay, and I got it a week later. I had only one in three years that took 70 days post-event, and it actually had to do with a very large corporation. First, they hired me within 30 days of the event. So it was very very short, and I did get the initial check up front, which was uh, actually I didn't get any check up front, and it was for a friend, but for her big company, and, it, and I it was kind of out of trust. So what I learned in that process is I won't step on stage until I at least get half up front. But it's for a friend and her company, and uh, or the company that she worked for. I did the presentation, and I was like, hey, where's the check? And it didn't, she didn't have it. She said we have to process it. All right, well, I believe this is a very large company. They have a lot of money. I'm not concerned about not getting paid. The difference was is because it was such a large international company, the the hoops that I had to jump through to get paid and then go from this person to this person to that part to that payment, finally, someone said, okay, I will take this on. We'll pay you within 10 days. And 10 days later, it had to come via FedEx. And I did get paid all up front. Yet it was a lot of work in in that regard. So my recommendation is that you get half up front always. And even if it's a friend or something along those lines, because you never want to have money between you and your client or you and a friend.
1: Okay. Second thing, this is a big one. Um, there are all kinds of ways to get paid nowadays, probably more than ever before, but people can obviously send you a check. They can fax you a check. They can do an online payment through PayPal or some another electronic service or Zelle through the banks. Um, credit cards are an option, big fees with that. But uh, what kinds of uh, payment systems do you use other than check if you do use any?
2: So, check has been the only system that we've currently used. At the same time, you're exactly correct, and we're moving to potential. You don't want to give more than a couple of options, and we're moving to three types of payment options. First, if they pay with a check, obviously, there's no fees. That 2 or 3% it can add up. So, the check is one option. Second is an online check or bill pay, like you said, through Zelle, and Chase Bank uses that, or most banks have that type of payment system where they can send to an email along those lines. But again, with those payment systems, a lot of companies have started to use um, scenarios where they're going to charge you. I know PayPal will charge you. If it's a business or service, they're going to hit you with a fee. Now QuickBooks and a lot of companies work with QuickBooks. They have a payment fee that you can either, you can send an invoice to a client through that. And they, if they pay via credit card, you're gonna get hit with a fee, or they can pay through their uh, automatic withdrawal from a checking account and you don't get hit with a fee. And so that's another way that we're adding on to, to give them that potential. Of course, immediate payment is wonderful. And if they've paid you the first payment that way, getting paid the second payment is a couple of clicks away and very simple for their administration also.
1: All right, I want to give our listeners one more chance to chime in live. Uh, Just uh, hit the, the raise your hand button on the interface or dial star two to raise your virtual hand. Let's see. It looks like some people are entering some comments here. And while I'm looking at that, we have a cell phone from Cleveland. Go ahead, caller.
3: Hi, it's JJ DeGeronimo. Thank you so much for your presentation. I thought it was super helpful. I've been speaking for five years, and I I thought I love the video idea. Uh, I love it. I'm definitely going to implement that. Um, I have a company that I've worked with. It's an international company, very large company. My first event was 5K. My second event was about 6,500. My third event was 7,000 of them. Their local chapter came to me and wants me to speak for their local event. they have offered me, you know, it's in my town, 10 minutes away or so, is one of their local chapters um, for this large organization. And they came back and they want, I mean, just ridiculous. They want 50 books, 90-minute session for 1500 i And I'm, I'm really leaning away from not doing it because I feel like it will set my rate on a national, international scale with this company for years to come. Any thoughts?
2: Yeah. So what you're talking about there, and I heard it in your voice, and this is where you're tr- you need to trust your gut. You show up on stage and feel like, well, they only paid me fifteen hundred. You're going to deliver a fifteen hundred dollar speech. You're going to deliver a fifteen hundred dollar keynote. When you deliver normally a seventy five hundred dollar keynote for this company, and then it's going to have repercussions down the road. It's easier to step stone going up. It is much more difficult to step stone going down because ultimately they don't see the value. The only time in that scenario where it should be considered is where you know it's a partnership where you can say, you know what? I've worked with the company on the national level and this it's this price. Then you give them an offer and says, you know what? I will do local events for half price. And if that price is satisfactory to you, then you take it. And then what that could do is open up more doors for more local events. But, again, it's, that's a tough one. And generally what I say is it's probably best for you to find a different speaker that fits your budget, and then you're staying in integrity with your new price that you command
3: yeah i think that's great feedback i was going to go back with some options but i think so too because i i just yes i completely agree i appreciate that thank you
2: you're welcome and i'm happy to connect with you offline if you want to go to kenyansaylor.com and under hire me there's uh, speaker coaching and, and i offer this to anybody out there um you can click on that there's a, a 15 minute uh free call that I do. I love connecting with other speakers, and I love helping other speakers. So if you go there and fill out the form, then we can connect um, off the off the teleseminar call.
1: Okay, and there is a link for anybody listening right now. There is a link on the show notes for this teleseminar that uh, will take you right to Kenyon's page. It's Kenyon, so KenyonSalo.com S-A-L-O. slash coaching and uh, Kenyon, before I let you go, we have uh, about two minutes. I'll let you go ahead and uh, wrap it up with some words of wisdom.
2: Absolutely. First and foremost, I want to say thank you so much to Speaker Match, to Paul and you, Brian. You guys are amazing and what you're delivering both online for a place for us to market at a wonderful price. I think it's, it's, it's phenomenal. I think more speakers need to know about this. And additionally, the teleseminars and the additional services that you provide are huge and are helping many, many speakers come along, including they help me along the way. And second, when it comes to every one of the speakers out there, ultimately think about your clients first and engage in them first. Figure out how you're going to help them first and foremost before you think about what are they going to do for you. And when you think about others first, as I said earlier, everything you desire will come back tenfold. And I think that's the number one thing. And when we come from that place of service and service first, that energy, that feeling, that ultimate package that you deliver will be felt by audiences, meeting planners, and event planners all around. And you will get hired time and time again, and your fee will naturally go up without you having to force it. And that's what makes it amazing. And lastly, I believe every person is inspirational and inspiration goes in both directions. So I may have a keynote that has been successful. I also know that there are many, many speakers that are listening to this that equally have an amazing keynote and equally have an amazing business that's growing. And I hope to connect with as many people as possible and get to know your story and figure out how you are impacting the world.
1: Kenyon, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, it has been very informative. I, you had some really great advice for people, and I want to encourage our listeners to get in touch with you. Again, that's com slash coaching, um, and uh, you are uh, you are accessible, so that's great. That's great. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you, you again. If you listen to other podcasts, you're probably used to hearing requests for iTunes reviews. These reviews are really important to us because it's the fuel that we use to bring on great guests and build our audiences. And if you value today's call or any previous interviews that you've listened to, I would really appreciate it if you could go to iTunes.com or or on iTunes and search for Speaker Match, click on the Review tab, and let others know what you think. It would really mean a lot to us, and we would really appreciate it. Until next time, this is Brian Kaplovitz. Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening to this installment of the SpeakerMatch Radio Series, Success Strategies for Speakers from the Pros. SpeakerMatch is the leading provider of tools and services for emerging professional speakers. You can find more information about SpeakerMatch at www.speakermatch.com. Our toll-free number, if you prefer to reach us by phone, is 1-866-372-8768. International callers can reach us at area code 512-372-8768. Thank you again for listening, and we wish you the best in your speaking career.